You're listening to Radio MD. She's a chiropractic physician, lecturer, author, entrepreneur, and talk show host. She's Dr. Suzanne Bennett. It's time now for Wellness for Life Radio. Here's Dr. Suzanne. Are you struggling to conceive? Now, if so, you're not alone. One in eight couples in the U.S. have difficulty getting or staying pregnant, and many without an explanation, and who are actually really healthy people. Now, according to Dr. Robert Kiltz, many people underestimate the serious impact that diet, lifestyle, and stress have on fertility. Dr. Kiltz is a board-certified OBGYN, reproductive endocrinologist, and the founder of CNY Fertility, with more than three decades of experience helping families grow. In his book, The Fertile Feast, Dr. Rob Kiltz explores the fascinating connection between food and fertility and emphasizes the importance of diet and how it influences the overall well-being of the mind, body, and spirit, and ultimately your ability to conceive. Thank you for being our guest on Wellness for Life, Dr. Rob. Dr. Suzanne, thank you so much, and I appreciate that introduction. I'm, again, glad to be here and share thoughts and ideas that maybe we haven't thought about enough in our simplicity of our lives in order to help us conceive and live a more fertile life. Wonderful. Now, you know, in my practice, more and more young people, and I mean young, in their late 20s, early 30s, are seeking fertility experts as yourself. Now, have you seen this to be true in the last 30 years? Are people, younger people, having more trouble getting fertile? Well, absolutely. We're seeing so many other diseases showing up at younger and younger ages, autoimmune diseases, uh, migraines, bowel problems, even cancer is showing up earlier and earlier. Fertility is just another, another entity or disease that's showing up earlier and earlier. And ultimately, I call it the canary in the coal mine. And basically, when, you're, when the canary dies, something's bad. And when your fertility is diminished or isn't working, something is going on deep within you that is likely related to stress in the mind or stress in the body and gut stress, which I know you have talked about tremendously. Mm. So let's t- let's dive into it. Uh, so over the years, you've found this. Do- the lifestyle has a lot to do with it. Let's get more in detail. You know, what are the what are the your recommendations when a couple comes in? You've done all the testing, um, and there's you know things that young people can do, as well as people that are going into the 30s and 40s who may want to have children or may want to have one more child. What are the first steps that you ask them to address? Well, we talk about the the basic nature of the human body and how the diseases are really simple to understand, but any disease is caused by really the same thing, some inflammatory process in your body. And since humans are postponing their childbearing into their 20s, 30s, and 40s, when it was meant to happen in their teens and early 20s, the body's been exposed to tremendous amount of inflammatory particles. I believe the majority of those are caused by the diet that we're eating and consuming too many meals and too many carbohydrates that ultimately cause the majority of our diseases. And we don't eat fat. And so much of what I talk about is really a ketogenic diet. Because the truth is, is that the, the, the causes are really a mystery. Most diseases are idiopathic or unknown cause, unexplained. 
And science is really doing a good job at putting a lot of drugs and, and procedures at this, but we've not been very good at getting to the heart of the matter, what's the cause? And it's the stress in the mind and the stress in the body caused by the incorrect lifestyle for what I call the human Ferrari, mm. the most expensive, valuable, and irreplaceable entity ever created. You are that entity. Right, right. Well, you mentioned ketogenic diet, and and a lot of people are still are are more plant based. They they don't eat meat. How do you feel about that? Can you do a ketogenic diet? Well, ketogenic diet is not a carnivore diet. It's not a vegan diet. Ketogenic diet is an is truly a low sugar environment in your system. You can do that eating a plant-based diet. You can do that eating a meat-based diet. We're omnivores. We're capable of eating anything. And the one thing I want to emphasize is we must honor everyone's choice of the food they want to eat. But if they have a disease, they need to look at something about their lifestyle. They're eating too many meals or they're not eating enough fat. And that is really the true cause of most disease. And the majority of plant material we eat is highly contaminated with bacteria, yeast, and viruses, which ultimately ferment in our gut and create more disease than anyone understands, whether it's plant-based or whether it's meat-based. And the keto word is really kind of a, it makes us want to run. And I personally am mostly a carnivore diet eater, but I take care of many people that eat mostly a vegan diet or a vegetarian diet. And the ways you can do it are so simple, but we need to step back and we need to be open to other possibilities we didn't understand about why we're so diseased. Let me get a little clarity. Uh, you mentioned earlier, you mentioned that that certain types of plants ferment in the gut. And obviously what we're talking about is the microbiome. I understand that the microbiome is extremely important in reducing inflammation in our body, right? Um, are, are you talking about specific types of foods such as sugar and carbs that cause gut dysbiosis or are you clearly meaning like plant plant and fiber well the glycobiome which you probably or most of us have never heard of which is likely more important than the microbiome the glycobiome is the teflon coating of every epithelial cell lining which gets damaged mostly due to something called glycation. Glycation is too much sugar in our bodies. The majority of sugar comes from plants. Now, if you ate your plants once a day and cooked them well, they would clear the GI tract, they would go to the liver and become the fat that's necessary for your body. But because our bowels are full of plants, mostly all day, all night, all the time, this damage happens due to lectins, phytates, oxalates, and latex and more. Plus, there are some phytochemicals that most people don't even understand. That's why soaking and cooking your food is critical to reduce the content of those damaging particles in the food we eat. Again, it's something that we don't even really listen or learn about in medical school or any place else. But ultimately, whether you're a plant-based eater or a meat-based eater, it's simple. If you add fat, again, whether it's coconut fat or olive oil or, or cheese or cream or butter, or you're going to the meat fats, 
You choose where you want to go, but ultimately, fat is soap. It cleans the bowels and the lymphatics, and it reduces inflammation in the bowels. That's the single leading uh, misconception about health and wellness. We've been told not to eat fat because fat causes disease. But in fact, sugar causes the damage to the glycobiome, which causes the glycocalyx to be damaged, which allows dysbiosis, uh, gut bacteria to be uh, overgrowing, uh, which ultimately seeds every part of our body. But most people don't understand fermentation at all. So bacteria and yeast ferment sugars to make alcohol, aldehydes, and gas. Because we eat so many plant-based meals a day, we're constantly feeding the bacteria and the yeast, which ultimately causes the damage. But it's again, it's a simple science if we just step back. This is why fasting is the truth to lasting and health and wellness. We know that every, every spiritual uh, uh, belief and religious system in the world and now modern health and wellness talks about fasting. So for me, I eat one meal a day. If you eat one meal, one snack, you'll be healthier than you ever knew. It turns out that so many people are allergic to seeds and nuts. You've heard that, correct? Mm-hmm. But the allergies are silent. The allergies are deep within our bowels and in within every organ and every cell of our body that causes cancer, inflammation, and damage to the ovaries, the, the fallopian tubes, the uterus, the testicles, so ultimately the sperm and the egg are damaged, and the environment of the embryo. Mm, that makes sense. A lot of this really, again, comes down to is minimizing inflammation and giving the right nutrients for the cells of our, our reproductive organs to be at its healthiest. How do you feel about the, the fact that, um, you know, you said earlier, the, the window of fertility is in the late teens and early 20s. Early teens. Early teens even. Oh my gosh. Early teens. And I mean, we don't have that anymore in modern times. We've, we've got that double income family now. Uh, most women don't want to have look at children until their late 20s. I mean, really probably 30s and on. And that's really affected your ability to help people get pregnant. Is that correct? Well, we talk about health and wellness to everyone at every age. And part of my Fertile Feast and Kiltz's Keto Lifestyle and the, and the books that we're putting out there and the knowledge that we're working to share every day is how do you maintain your health and wellness as a child, as a teenager, as a young adult, so you can maintain your fertile fitness. We're seeing so much endometriosis, polycystic ovarian syndrome. So many women suffer from terrible uh, menstrual uh, pain and irregularities. That's what we're talking about, ways to reduce the inflammation in order to maintain your fertility into your 20s and 30s. Uh, we, off we offer egg freezing and sperm freezing and embryo freezing, but really what we want to be doing is teaching people how to conceive naturally so they never need us. Really, my job is to put people like myself out of business. Now, it's not going to happen because changing our habits is really difficult. We love the amusement park. We don't love the temple so much. 
But when we recognize we are a temple and we take care of ourselves like a temple, we can from time to time go to the amusement park. The problem is, is that we're, we're willy-nilly putting everything and anything in our bodies and our minds, and we need to be very discerning about that. That's one of the things I talk about, discernment, in how you take care of yourself as if you are the most valuable, expensive, and irreplaceable being of the universe. Yeah, we all we all need a little bit of discernment here. I know that at least in my practice, when uh, people come to see me and they want to, for for what I do is I help them reduce inflammation, of course, but it's particularly t- to help them with their eating habits, changes of their lifestyle, so that they can start to feel better again and have more energy, uh, that fertile energy. And I find that men are just are having just as much trouble in improving their fertility. Can you share a bit about that? Because most most um, people, they think it has to do with the women and whether it's their eggs or they don't have enough, uh, whether it's their uterine health inside the womb, but it's also the men. Dr. Suzanne, you are right. It is the men and the women. It's all of us. It's not one or the other. We always right. have to recognize in so many ways, it's it, women seem to get the primary focus or the blame for the fertility and guys like, Hey, my sperm is great. It's not me. But in fact, if it's unknown cause on both sides, uh, it's gotta be on both sides. So it always takes a healthy sperm, a healthy egg and a healthy uterine environment. But the one thing I'm learning is that just because it looks normal doesn't mean it is normal. The fact that you're not conceiving is always the sperm. It's always the egg. It's always the embryo. And it's always the environment that that embryo is going to grow in. This is why when I talk keto and Kiltz's keto lifestyle is really what I talk about, because we're not talking standard keto. We're talking Kiltz's keto lifestyle, one meal, one snack. I, I recommend more napping and infinite mindful moments a day. So meditation and prayer and visualization are critical to our lives. But we need to change it. Men, we talk about, obviously, I'm a man, and I felt it. This is how I got to the place I'm in, because I had all the bowel bleeding, the arthritis, psoriasis, migraines, and all the problems. And when I made these changes, it changed my life. And I've seen so many uh, single men and women, couples, whatever, transgender, whatever whatever the color, size, shape, age, weight, no matter what it is. I've seen the changes happen and improve their fertility and suddenly bingo, they've had a child. Mm. See, you just nailed it right there. You said lifestyle. It's not a diet, right? Sure, diet has something to do with it, but it's everything put together. Dude, the word diet, I, this is, you know, I saw live it plan. That's what this is. It's a lifestyle, as you said. And the life we lead, if, if we're not feeling good or we're not getting the things we want, that's when we must realize that the lifestyle we're living is the cause and willy nilly putting anything in your mind, watching the wrong things, reading the wrong things or listening to wrong things or speaking the wrong things are critical. You want to be discerning. And then what you put in your mouth and remember our body burns fat for energy, by the way, keto, the whole keto concept is wrong. We do not burn sugar and then burn fat. We only ever burn fat. Your body must make fat or you must eat fat or you die or you're ill until you die. The challenge here is for people to begin to look at opposite ideas in order to get the changes they want. 
it's easier than they know if they simply begin to open up to it. But we're human beings are resistant to change. And if you're resistant to change and you want change, well, then you've got to stop being resistant to change. You need to be open to change. I'm a firm believer in God and faith first. Now, we have lots of labels of God. And whether you're a theist or an atheist or in the middle as an agnostic, pick some belief system that is positive, loving, kind, and generous to yourself and all other humanity. Because by doing that, alone. And this is why meditation and Tai Chi and yoga and prayer are critical mm. in our lives. Thank you for that. Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm just thinking about some of the people out there listening to this. They are going to say, one meal, one snack? I can't do that. You know, because it's they're used to the the three meals and um, that snack in the afternoon and that snack after after dinner. What is it that they people can do, our listeners, just start, what, what are the first couple of things that they can do to start living more of a keto lifestyle? Well, uh, Kilsa's keto lifestyle, and as they say keto, but it's a low glucose environment. You want your glucose levels in your circulation to be lower because glucose is the killer. And remember, glucose comes from grasses. Glucose comes from all plants. So by eating less frequently, you will help that. But if you can't do that yet, uh, then start by simply eating less amounts. But grazing animals were not. Human beings have the gut, mostly of a carnivore type animal, where we intermittently ate, we went longer. But by simply adding fat, and if you look at Maria Emmerich's ketogenic lifestyle, if you look at, again, my books and magazines and our blogs talk about this, make it simple for you. But the first thing you need to do is begin to listen to it and learn from it and read it, even though you don't believe it. The more you introduce yourself to the concepts, but why would you fill your car up three to six times a day when you cannot use that amount of energy in a day? We've been taught the wrong things. We've been taught that breakfast is the best meal, but once you eat breakfast, your eating desires go up and you're not going to be able to stop. This is why I eat at night. You eat at night, you rest and digest. By the morning, you're, you're feeling great. Your glucose levels are lower and your energy is higher. The keto state is the most amazing thing, but start simple. Listen and learn. Begin to practice, but give yourself love and the patience in the process that it takes time to learn how to do these things. But I went basically, I'm, I used to be a three meal a day and then I went to two meals a day and then I went to one meal most of the time and occasionally a snack, but I work not to eat. Now, do I reward myself? Sure. I do. I occasionally have a croissant with butter or some ice cream or cake or cookie, uh, but I, we're all here to enjoy life, That's but it's so a new true. and different concept and approach. Thank you. Thank you. So um, in your book, The, the, the Fertile Feast, uh, you talk about the different types of eating and how you can enhance your ability to reduce inflammation. And of course, you know, the whole idea here is to, to conceive as well. Um, what, what is it that, what else do you uh, have in your book that is important. I think something about, um, there's part of about positive thinking, I believe you wrote about, right? The power of positive thinking. 
So 20 years ago, I began a blog of Mind, Body, Smile, where I focused on the mental constructs of our lives and how with a more, a, a better approach to the positivity of your life, the good things in your life, focus on that. And the more you, you practice mindfulness, so mindfulness increases uh, the oxytocin and serotonin levels and reduces the cortisol and epinephrine levels. So those are the fight or flight. Fight or flight re reduces the blood flow to the gut and the core and takes it out the extremities. So you're, you're losing the blood flow to the reproductive organs. So mindfulness is critical. I wrote a book called The Fertile Secret, which was taken from the, the book The Secret by Rhonda Byrne, that basically mindfulness and meditation and prayer throughout the day, or at least once a day, if not more, is a critical concept of health and wellness. So I always say what you put in the mind first matters and the mouth second matters because willy-nilly are, are, we want to eat because we're used to an environment of famines, not constant feasting. Mm. Mm, that's great. Thank you. Uh, one last thing that I want to talk about um, and ask you. So there was a patient of mine who was on statins for about 10 years, and him and his wife could not get pregnant. Of the wife fully, everything was checked out, no problems. They've already had one child. Um, so they're they want their second child. Uh, but what ended up being it, I kept on looking and I did a lot of the blood tests and we looked at his testosterone level, um, his DHEA level, and his cholesterol level was super low because he was put on statins. And once we discussed this with his doctor and let him get off of the statins for just a bit while, his cholesterol did go up, you know, to normal level, actually. It was like below 200, but uh, um, about 195, I believe. Anyway, he was able to get his wife pregnant because his hormone levels went up. Can you discuss why the cholesterol is so important for hormone production? Well, we're made of fat. Every cell is made of fat. Every membrane is made of fat. And every hormone is made of cholesterol from fat. We have the wrong concept about cholesterol. The cause of disease is a hyperglycemic environment, but glucose in the liver becomes fat. And then we think the damage and disease you have is caused by fat, but in fact, opposite. So I don't recommend statins. I personally recommend a high fat diet because we've got it wrong. But absolutely, cholesterol is critical to your health and wellness for women and men. And this is why the problem of our, our, of our modern diets are three to six plant-based meal, plant meals a day, which is all sugar. And so if you simply just ate the plant-based meal once or twice a day, you'll reduce your glycation and you'll reduce the damage, which ultimately causes the infertility. But statins will absolutely increase your infertility. Don't recommend it at all. Mm. That's great. Thank, good to hear that. And then one, one more. I, I keep on thinking about other questions yeah, here for Dr. you. Yeah, Dr. Suzanne, I'm loving this. Thank you You're so, so much for what you do and sharing your thoughts and ideas of health and wellness. I really am, am impressed. Thank you. Thank you. How long do you think couples need to give themselves time to go through their lifestyle changes, food, and, and, and then before, and of course, reading a book like yours, um, The F a Fertile Feast, what, what can we do, how, or how long 
should they try and try to conceive before seeking a specialized specialist like you? It's always good to get some basic evaluation from your OBGYN, your primary care doctor, or a fertility specialist, because it would be nice to know early on if you've been, been quote, trying for a few months or any amount of time that you get a clean bill of health. We give it for every other area of medicine. Why don't we do it for fertility? We should. But I'd say that it's literally two to four weeks before the inflammation goes tremendously away, in my experience. But give it a few months. You know, if you're in your if you're in your twenties or very early thirties, it's reasonable. If you haven't been trying for a long time, certainly. If you're in your middle to late thirties and early forties, I would say seek some advice, talk to someone, get some basic testing. Uh, do you have sperm? Is your AMH and FSH okay? Your TSH okay? Your thyroid function? Are your fallopian tubes and uterus normal by either a saline sonogram and HSG or a pelvic ultrasound? Simple things. And what we're working to do is make this testing uh, better and better at home in the privacy of your home so you don't need to rush to the doctor. You can do it in medicine today is in your hands. The, the human beings own their own bodies. They're responsible to learn what the manual of health and wellness really looks like in the internet and shows and, and, and information that you provide is a great resource to do that. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Dr. Rob. Ah, really appreciate you being here. Can you please tell us where we can le learn more about you and your book? If you go to uh, drrobertkiltz.com, or you check out uh, cnyfertility.com, you'll get a lot of really great information on all these things. And I highly recommend that you look at our stuff, but you know, don't believe it. Be skeptical. But if you're not feeling healthy and well and naturally conceiving on your own, then I would tell you the inflammation is the cause of your disease, and it's a simple approach that you might never need a doctor for. <laughs> Love it. You're <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Dr. Suzanne, God bless you and love you. Thank you so much to you and everything you're doing. Thank God you bless. Too. You're, you're really helping our world grow to be a better place. Thank you, Dr. Rob. Great information. Thanks so much for listening to the show. And I know you've learned amazing information on Dr. Rob, uh, the Kiltz's, a fertile feast book, but plus his keto lifestyle way. And uh, do share this with your loved ones. You know, it can change their life for the better and possibly even grow their, their family. And do subscribe if you haven't already so we can continue to do our very best here on Wellness for Life. Now, if you need help in digging deeper with your health issues, I work with people globally through phone and Skype consultations. And my contact info is available on my website, drsuzanne.com. Until next time, go out there and live your best life today, full of energy, enthusiasm, and ultimate health and wellness. This is Dr. Suzanne sharing natural strategies on the Wellness for Life show right here on Radio MD. Stay well.